So, Father, indeed, we are always excited to have this access to you, uh, to come behind the veil and to come to your presence boldly, to the throne of grace, uh, to find mercy and to receive favor, grace in a time of need. And, Father, I don't care who we are and or where we are, we are in great need of you. So help us, help us, God, today to see that from your scriptures. We ask it in your son's name. Amen. Psalm 23 has been called one of the great beloveds, uh, the, 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 the psalm that is most beloved of all the Psalters. Famous Baptist preacher by the name of Charles Haddon, uh, he called it the pearl of all psalms. One other guy said that, that, that this particular psalm is the microcosm of God's grace. This particular psalm has been read and shared and remembered and quoted in various situations. You've heard it at weddings. You've heard it at funerals. You've heard it at the bedsides of those who are suffering. You've heard it prayed through and prayed over marriages who are struggling, singles who are finding it hard to be satisfied in life. This particular psalm, no matter what age you are, no matter what circumstance you've been in, this particular psalm finds its way in your life somehow in some way this 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 grace this this microcosm of God's grace is found in uh, found in psalms 23 psalm 23 is not where it is by happenstance the location of this particular psalm is it's, it's in front of Psalm 22 and, and, and behind Psalm 24. Some call this this the the trilogy, uh, 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 the uh, the trilogy of the messianic psalms. That there's this idea of a uh, of a savior that's coming in and. and and these particular psalms, they, they, they highlight that grace. They, they highlight the gospel of God in these three particular psalms. They, they answer life's greatest question. Man, what about my past? Psalm 22. What about my present? Psalm 23. And what about my future? Psalm 24. That these psalms, they, they answer the questions that we all have in this life. The problems that we have that, that are before us and around us and even behind us. These particular psalms answers those questions. Psalm 23 is a psalm written by David. This particular psalm, it has no occasion of its writing. When you look at Psalm 34, 
that's the psalm written when David, go, when David goes to the temple and he acts crazy and he says and he, he acts like a lunatic. And so, so Psalm 34, it has that, that historical setting. Psalm 51 is when Nathan, the prophet, he confronts uh, David after he slept with Bathsheba. But this particular psalm, it has no, no setting, no background, no occasion. It's just there. This, this pearl of, of, of the Psalms that has no, David gives no reason on why or where or when he's pinning this Psalm. Maybe this Psalm is that way for a reason. Maybe this Psalm is that way that man that, that David came to realize that, that the Lord was a shepherd in all of his life. The God, the God, no matter where David was, no matter what David was doing, God was always, the, the Lord was always shepherding David. Maybe that's why there is no historical setting. But there is this. No matter the case, what stands true of this particular psalm is this. It is a pure expression of his confidence in the Lord, unhindered by any one particular situation or circumstance. This psalm, David would probably, David would probably write when he's calming his soul, asking God to strengthen his heart and to guide his feet in all of life and not just in one, in one particular occasion and or setting. The hope for these next four weeks is for us to go into the psalm and to realize one thing, that because the Lord is our Savior, because the Lord, our Savior, is shepherd and host, and because he's with us, we have what we need. That because he, the Lord, shepherd is our savior because he is that and because he is with us and whatever we're going through we do not have a need today we want to look at one verse and if you struggle with with, with believing verse one verses two through six you will find very hard to to believe it's like this People say that if you look into Genesis, that if you're reading the Bible, and if you don't believe the first verse of the Bible, you're going to hard believing the rest of the Bible. God does not try to prove himself in the beginning. He just says, in the beginning was uh, 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 God created the heavens and earth. He doesn't try to prove himself. So if you have a hard time believing verse one of the Bible, you will have it hard trying to believe the rest of the Bible. Same thing here. If you have a hard time believing verse one of Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd, that I have no need. If you have a difficult time of believing that, I promise you, trying to find solace and rest in the rest of the Psalms will be difficult. Verse one, do you really believe when we said, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. 
Think about that. Do you believe that? Does God have to be anything else for me be for me to be okay in this life? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. I'm going to look at this in, 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 in four different ways, and, and I'm going to move swiftly. Because there, 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 there's a promise. If you believe the first portion of verse 1, the promise of the B portion of verse 2, it will bless your soul. Verse 1. Verse 1. Now, y'all, listen to David. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Now, this word Lord is interesting. It's interesting. It's, 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 this, this title here, it was so holy, it, it was so highly esteemed that the Jews took out the vows of it. And you have what we call today, it is the Tetra, Tetra Grammaton. That's the, if you have the name Lord, which means Yahweh, that the Jews, they, they esteemed this name. They esteemed this title so much, they took out the A and the E. So that when they read the Hebrew text, they would not pronounce this word. That, 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 that this title, it was, it was, to them, it meant so much that as they even read the Hebrew text, that they would skip over this particular title given to God. Now, now David could have said that the El Shaddai or the Adonai or the El or the Jehovah Jireh or the Jehovah Issy or the Jehovah Mikhail. He could have mentioned any other name given to God, but he mentioned this name for a reason. We find this name very interesting when we look at the story of Exodus, uh, of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Moses has, has been called b- has, has been called by God to, to go free the people of Israel. Moses, he's, he's gotten up enough courage now because God, he, God in his grace, he encourages him, Moses, man, I am with you. And, and, and you get to this, this scene where Moses, he's had, he has this courage and he's saying, well, God, who, who should I say sent me? Imagine that, Moses asking God, hey, I'm going to free Pharaoh. Can you tell me who can I say sent me? And God, he is thick of all these different names of, of who he is, of who he is. The name that he gives Moses is the name Yahweh, which means that I am that I am. This is the name that God tell Moses to tell Pharaoh who has sent him. This I am that I am. Let me tell you what this means. It means that he is the self-sustaining one. He is the self-deriving one. He is the self 
existent and are the ever existing one. He is the alpha and omega. He is the first and last. He's the one who has no, has no beginning and ending. He is the one who, who, who made all because he is all. This is the name that, that, that brings, that brings rest, that, that brings peace to David's soul as he, as he's thinking about this shepherd. It is this law, this, this title given to God that is my shepherd. Now, when you think about this and, and as a Christian, how does this move you? That we'll see later on that we also can claim this very thing that, that, that this God who is Alpha and Omega, the, uh, 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 self-existing, self-deriving, needing, he, he is because he is. This is the God that David says is my shepherd. When we think about God in this way, it should expand our minds. It should increase our faith. It should humble our hearts. It should balance our thoughts. It should clarify our perspective. It should reassure our spirits. It should strengthen our souls. Why? Because God is because God is. He says this, this, this law, this, this law, Yahweh, whom the Jews don't even to pronounce. He is my shepherd. The one who has no beginning and end. The one who is not only the creator, but he is the one who's created all this Lord, not El Shaddai, not Jehovah, but Yahweh. He is my shepherd. And because of that, he says, I, I had no Need. I am that I am. In the midst of trials, what do you need God to be? In the midst of suffering, what do you need God to be? In the midst of grieving, what about God do you need God to be? God says, I will be that because I am that. If it's a friend, he says, I got that covered. If it's peace, I got that covered. If it's a counselor, oh, I am wonderful at that. What is it in this time of trials and sufferings are we needing Yahweh to be? He says, not only is this Lord my shepherd, he, he says, eels. Y'all, this two-letter word is a cold-blooded word. Is. This word, it actually confounds atheists. It, it, It proves that God does exist. The Lord is. He, he exists. And atheists, atheists are, they are confounded with the fact that there is a God, but this is, it should also comfort the sons and daughters of God. That as confounding as it may be to those who don't know God, it should be a comforting two-letter uh, word that brings comfort 
to us. Not only is that God, he is not only does God exist, he's also ever present. He's not saying in this text that the Lord was or that the Lord will be, though those things are true. He's saying here that the Lord is, he's a right now help in the time of trouble. Uh, 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 David said that God is our refuge and strength and is a very present help in a time of trouble. The Lord is, not that the Lord was or that he will be. He says, the I am that I am. The self-existing, the self-sustaining one. He is now a present help in time, in time of trouble. He is the God of the moment. He's the God of every moment. He is the one who is, who was, and the Bible says, will always be. The Lord, the I am that I am, is, he exists, is, he's ever present. But then he says, he's, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Martin Luther once said that that the heart of Christianity is seen in its personal pronouns. That the heart of Christianity is seen in its personal pronouns. When you look at this particular psalm, what I've done for you is I've highlighted every personal pronoun that's listed in Psalm 23. What we're going to do together is read this psalm aloud. And where you see the word my I or he or me or they, you're going to, just with, uh, 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 with a slight inflection in your voice, you're going to uh, just, 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 you're going to highlight these, these personal pronouns. So, 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 uh, uh, so, so we're going to read it. So from verses one through six, we're going to highlight, we're going to highlight these personal pronouns found in Psalm 23. So on the count of three, we're going to read it all together. Remember, where you see the word my, I, he, me, my, they, or you, slight inflection in your voice. Every personal pronoun, please increase your volume just a little bit. On three. One, two, Three, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. No wonder someone has said that the 23rd Psalm is so universal, universal because it's so individual. It is so that young and old of all ethnicities can read this with delight because it's, it has this, this personal aspect to it about what the law, about who the Lord is and what the law is doing for you. This idea of David saying, I, me, it, it, it connotes Ownership. That David cannot say that the Lord is, is my shepherd without first the shepherd owning the sheep. So there's this idea of, of, of loyalty and a want to submit to the shepherd's rule because there's now this idea of an eternal relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. And David said, man, he said, I have seen some shepherds. But now, and all of the shepherds that I've seen, now I know that the Lord, Yahweh, he is my shepherd. My shepherd. Now, now, what does it mean for him to be his shepherd? In ancient times, you would find that the shepherds were mainly, uh, uh, they, 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 they either watched over their sheep or their master's sheep. Now, there were sheep and goat together. Now, y'all watch what I've, I did not know this until I read it myself, but goats tended to feed themselves. They tended to fight for themselves, whereas the sheep could not. So while the goat fended for themselves, the sheep depended solely upon the shepherd to protect and provide for them. The goat would fend and the sheep would seek safety with a shepherd. Now that's, that's so, so when you look at even in Matthew 25, when, when, when he says there's goat and sheep, the idea is that man, goat tend to fight for themselves, but the sheep, they depend solely on the shepherd to provide and perfect and to provide uh, and to Protect them. It says to the shepherds, they provided shelter, medication, provision from, from weariness. It says that without the shepherd, the sheep were helpless and defenseless. That the life of the shepherd, it revolved around the sheep and vice versa. The, uh, the life of the sheep revolved around the shepherd. Without the shepherd, the sheep would stray and be destroyed by the enemies. So you had this idea of, of the shepherd having 24-hour care of his sheep. That the shepherd always kept view and kept in sight his sheep. That's what David is saying. I got this, the shepherd who 24 hours of the day cares for me, provides for me, protects me, offers tender, loving, curl, ongoing. 
And David is saying, this shepherd is not a man. It's the Lord who neither slumbers nor sleeps. It's the Lord who, who, who never doze off. It's the Lord who's always awake, watching over me, faithful to watch over his sheep. And if this does not bless you, that there's never a moment where he is not watching over you. Um, David found the Lord to be his shepherd at all times. There was never a moment where he did not stop watching over David. And the same is true with Omni. The Lord, the I am that I am, the one who is self-sustaining, self-existing, the one who's, who's ever existed, he is watching over us. Not that he had, but he is. And this is the promise we can take to the bank. If the Lord is our shepherd, we have what we need. In the NIV, it, it, it says that he lacked nothing. In the, in the NLT, it says, I have all that I need. In the King James, it says, I shall not want. But I like how the CSB says it. I have what I need. Uh, David ben Gurion uh, was the first uh, uh, prime minister and defense minister of Israel. And they got into this time where, where there was a, a lot of conflict and wars going on. And so they asked him, hey, hey, prime minister, uh, uh, what do you need? And he said, I need everything that starts with the letter A. I need a lot of money, a lot of guns, a lot of food, a lot of tanks. I need a lot of things. I need everything that starts with the letter A, he says. In a similar way, y'all, listen, when it comes to our needs, and there's this six-letter word that God says, I will supply all you need. It's called eternal needs. T-E-R-N-A-L. Eternal. Needs. I will provide them all for you. External food, clothing, and shelter. Everything you need to make it in this life, I promise to provide all your external needs. I will provide every internal need. Courage, friendships, love. Purpose, whatever you need on the warmness, whatever you need, boldness, whatever you need on the inside, the Bible says the Lord will provide for you. So He will provide, He'll, he'll provide needs that are external, internal, and eternal. If you need salvation, if you need to be reconciled back to God. If you desire a relationship with him, if you desire heaven, if you desire eternal life, he says, 
I got you. Every need that you need, I got. Maybe you're asking, how does he provide? How does he meet those needs? I have for you one word. His name is Jesus. When you just look through the book of John, when you look through the book of John, in John chapter 6, you see Christ providing X for their external needs. In John chapter 6, there's over 5,000 people who are wanting to eat. And what Christ, Christ takes five loaves and a two-piece fish, and he feeds over 5,000 people with some left over. Christ came providing for people's external needs, but also internal needs. When you look at John 14, John 15, John 16, and John 17, and John 14, if you need a comforter, if you need a counselor, he'll he, he, he give you that. And John 15, if you want to be a friend of his, he offers a friend and no longer say, if you want, if you want peace in John 14, he, 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 he says, this peace that I give you, the peace I have, I give to you. If you're, if you're needing internal peace, he says that the Savior, it can, he can provide it. But also in John 3.16, he says, so that everyone who believed that, 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 that for God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus, Jesus meets the external needs. Jesus meets the internal needs. Jesus meets the eternal Eternal needs. Why? Because in John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd of our souls. The shepherd of our faith. Today, church, is found in Jesus. He is the one who opens the gate. He is the gate that allows sheep to go in and out. He provides by leading us to pasture, John 10 says, that Christ and Christ alone can provide all our needs and then some. It can be summed up like this in Psalm 34. You who are his holy ones, fear the Lord for those who fear him like nothing. Young lions like food and go hungry. But those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. This, I believe, is, it puts it all into perspective. Those who are his, those who love, those who fear, those who desire to know God and to trust God as shepherd, he will ensure that we lack nothing. Years ago, a newspaper up in Virginia used to get the, the, the known church's sermons for that Sunday. They, they would get them uh, on a Friday 
morning. And so one got two story. His name was Reverend uh, 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 I. Williams of Fairmont Park Methodist Church. He called in and said, man, this Sunday sermon is, is the Lord is my shepherd. And the guy on the other end said, is that it? And then the preacher said, that's enough. So when he printed the papers, it says he had this title of sermon. The Lord is my shepherd. That's enough. I mean, when, when, when the Lord is our shepherd, that's enough. We need nothing or no one else to make it. All God is calling us to do in this moment is to hold out our hand and to depend on him to protect and provide and to do his mission through us. He is enough. And we all have to get to where we actually believe that the law, the I am that I am, the one who is self-existing, self-deriving, and and self-sustaining, he is the one who says, I am now your shepherd. Ah, and because of that, you have no need. What you need anything for when you got me. I'm in your need. I am your greatest need. And this season, through grieving, and this season, through loss, I am your shepherd. And Omni, you have all you need. You have all you need. You have me. And I'm tithing you. Listen. I laid down my life because I'm the shepherd. I died for you because I wanted you to enter into this gate where the sheepfold is and you couldn't get in but by me. So I, I laid down my life but I also picked my life back up that I may offer you into the sheepfold where you will receive this 24 hour love, care, protection, and provision for me. Omni, I got you. The Lord is our shepherd. We will have no need. Now let me say this. If there's one area of my life that I've, I've come to realize that God is growing me in, it's shepherding. But as I follow the good shepherd and as he teaches me how to shepherd, to shepherd my family, to shepherd my kids, to shepherd my, my neighbors and to shepherd on me, I've made mistakes and I'm going to probably continue to make mistakes. But Omni, I I, I stand here and I tell you I'm following him by his grace and by his spirit the best that I can to let the good shepherd leave this under shepherd, this, this also a sheep. Help me lead your people, God. 
I don't know how. And I cannot do it apart from you. So by your grace, here is my hand. By your grace, grab a hold. And I know, God, that you would never leave me, that you would never let go of me. So, God, in this moment, I'm praying that you, God, would pray with me, that, man, that, God, that, that God would use me as a sheep to shepherd his people, not my people. I have no one to claim. I, I died for no one. But to help shepherd his people. Omni, I made some mistakes. I have. But you can rest assured that I'm trying, I'm going to God by his grace every day to the, to the throne of grace. Because God, listen, you told me that, that when I go there, I can receive mercy and I can find favor in a time of need. And God, unlike before, I need you. And y'all, we all need him. The Lord, Yahweh, the I am that I am, the self-existing, the self-deriving one is our shepherd. And because he is our shepherd, how many we have no need? Father, we thank you. If, the, if, the, if we take this scripture at face value and we ask that by your spirit that you will help us to believe this verse help me to believe it you are our shepherd you are the one who's promised to protect, provide, to look out for us. You promised to meet every need, internal, external, and eternal. And you've met them all in Jesus. Help us to believe that. That he is the gate of the sheep. That if everybody is going to enter into the gate, we have to go through him. Why? Because the enemy, he seeks to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. But you, the good shepherd, you've come that we may have life and have it to the full as our good shepherd. That's in context of you being a good shepherd. You've come, you've laid down your life to give us the good life in you. And while we live in this life, but God, here's the truth. We all have went astray like sheep. We've all turned away to our own way. But you, 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 Yahweh, you, you, you punish Jesus for the iniquity of us all. That even for sheep who strayed away, Jesus has that covered. And if you've never trusted in him, if you've never trusted, maybe you are a lost sheep. You've always been his. But now, may you realize, God, I want to be cared for by the under-shepherd. By me, 
by the chief shepherd. I want him to care for my soul. If that's you, it's, 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 it's so easy. You, you have nothing to bring to him. You come wretched. You come empty. You come with nothing but your sin. Nothing but your mess. You come with nothing but you. And that's a bad deal. And he said, if you just believe by grace that, that, that I've sent my son to die for you, I will take your sin. I will give you my perfect righteousness. Just believe in the person and work of Christ. Paul says that if you will confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that he has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with a heart and that is, he says, that results in righteousness. But one confesses with the mouth and that is salvation. So just believe. Turn from your sin and turn to a good God through the Son, moved by the Spirit. And He promises you salvation. For those of us who are sheep, who often stray, we have today the privilege of, of partaking of communion. Communion is for stray sheep <laughs> who often go our way. But this, this is a reminder that the Lord punished Jesus in his body by blood being shed that we would never, that our fellowship with Christ would never be broken. And that because of his blood, because of his death, we have forgiveness of sins. Fellowship unhindered. Forgiveness forgiven because of Christ. And we get a chance now to feast on, feast on off of the person and work of Jesus. It says that, but he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our sins. Punishment of our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. So now, as, as we're ready to partake of communion, As in partaking, we ask that our souls will be strengthened. That, that, that there's a grace in partaking of communion. There's a renewal. There's a refreshing. There's a grace when we partake of the Lord's body and blood. So I pray that in this moment, it won't be something that is a ritual, but may you would be reminded of the relationship you have with Jesus and that the cost he paid to have, for you to have that and also what we do also in response is that we give we, we always desire that our giving be influenced by who Christ is and what Christ has done for us so as you receive communion as you partake of the Lord's Supper also have a chance to respond by giving. And as you walk down, just recite to yourself that Jesus is enough. He's enough. 
He's all I need. So as you're led by the Spirit, as you're asking Him now to, to examine your soul, if there are sins that need to be confessed, right now is a good time to confess. Not to be a son or daughter, man, but just to be reminded that He desires more than anything a close and intimate relationship with you. And sin hinders that. It hinders the, the fellowship, but not the relationship. You are a son and daughter, but sin causes us at times to lose that joy, to lose that sense of being loved. But right now, by the Spirit, confess those sins. Agree with God that you have sinned against Him. He's died for your sins. He's forgiven you of your sins. He's ready to forgive you of your sins that you might enjoy guilt-free, shamelessly, the body and the blood of Jesus. So as you live, please, come down in response Christ.